Hello, and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis. And today I am all by myself here on Living Heritage. But I'm not really alone. I've brought uh, an important person along with me, or one that I want to introduce to you. And her name is Dr. Anna Templeton. Uh, Anna Templeton is the most recent addition to our Provincial Historic Commemorations uh, program that we run at Heritage NL. The Provincial Historic Commemorations Program is a project that was started a number of years ago by the government of Newfoundland and Labrador, and it's since transferred over to Heritage NL, where, where we're very pleased to run the program. It, it's a program to recognize people and places, traditional skills, tradition bearers, um, all those things that really speak to who we are as Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. And we've had a lot of uh, nominations over the last decade or so, and it includes a, a lot of different things. Uh, some of them are people who are long gone, and some of them are people who are still with us, living as tradition bearers, uh, people like Kelly Russell, for example. Um, it can designate or commemorate historic places, but there are also themes that it can um, it can recognize as well. One of the interesting things about the whole process is that it is very much community-driven. This is one of the things that I really like about our Provincial Historic Commemorations Program. Anyone out there can nominate someone uh, or a place or a, or a thing to this list. Um, and the application process is actually fairly straightforward. You can go to the Heritage Foundation's website, heritagenl.ca, and look for the Provincial Commemorations Program, and all the information that you need to submit an application is there. It outlines the criteria, the different categories, uh, and you can make a nomination yourself. Um, you don't need to be worried or intimidated by the process because it's actually fairly simple. You don't have to know a, a lot of information. Um, you certainly don't have to do any great in-depth research. Uh, whatever research you have is certainly welcome, but part of the process is that Heritage NL uh, contracts people to develop um, reports uh, on the people that have been nominated. These reports then go back to the commemorations board and uh, they sit around, they have a jury and they decide uh, what is going to be commemorated uh, in any given year. And that ranges anywhere from two to five uh, commemorations in a, in a calendar year. Um, it's an open process. You can uh, apply any time, and uh, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, to date, there's about 37 uh, things or people or places that have been commemorated on the list, and, and it really does depend upon community input. So if you have uh, someone in your community who you think was a, a person of great uh, importance of great significance, you can certainly put their name forward. Uh, I believe the person has to have been deceased for uh, a number of years before you can make that nomination. I believe it's a 20-year window, possibly. But um, if you uh, know someone in your community who is a tradition bearer, someone who is keeping traditions alive, those kinds of people that we love here on the Living Heritage Show, uh, you can certainly nominate them as well. I'd love to see some more crap craft people, uh, for example, nominated, people who have very, very specific uh, craft skills that maybe are in danger of being lost. But 
more on that later. The idea of craft brings us back to the person I want to introduce you to, who is Dr. Anna Templeton. Uh, if you say the name Anna Templeton to someone in the St. John's area, uh, chances are they know the name because of the Anna Templeton Center on Duckworth Street, uh, downtown St. John's. It's a, it's a name that certainly is familiar to many people as a landmark. It's a beautiful building. Um, and uh, I, I feel, though, that sometimes people don't actually know much about Anna Templeton herself. And that's what part of this commemoration is hoping to fix. I became aware of Dr. Anna Templeton's work pretty early in, in my study of, of provincial uh, culture and folklore. And looking at the list, I personally really felt that it needed a bit more diversity. There were no women who had been uh, commemorated uh, up to this point. And, and I felt it was important to uh, not only honor the contribution of women to Newfoundland and Labrador's history, uh, but also to speak to that intangible cultural heritage, our, our craft tradition. Anna Templeton was instrumental in getting the Newfoundland and Labrador craft industry on its feet. Um, made a, made a huge impact in a lot of a lot of people's lives, and so I decided to put in a nomination, just like you could do. Now, luckily, we had some help along the way. I guess a, a note of thanks has to go to Stephanie Machikian, who was a guest on a previous uh, episode of Living Heritage. Uh, Stephanie now living in British Columbia, but when she was living here, she had worked with me at the at the Heritage NL office, and she did the original bit of research on Anna Templeton and pulled together the nomination that was submitted. The the it was kind of caught in limbo for a while because the program, as I mentioned, had shifted from the provincial government. Uh, down to uh, Heritage NL. Um, but uh, once the wheels started moving again, everything started to move forward. And another young woman uh, came along to kind of take the next step. And that was Ellen Power, um, who pulled together a whole pile of research on Anna Templeton and created that document, that historical document that went back to the commemorations board uh, for consideration. And it is much to Ellen's credit, I think, that this uh, nomination has moved forward in the way it has. So this year, 2019, there were actually two commemorations that were added to our list. Uh, one was Red Indian Lake. Maybe we'll do a, a whole separate uh, story on the Red Indian Lake uh, designation. Um, and then the second one was, of course, uh, Dr. Anna Templeton. Um, we had a fabulous commemoration ceremony at the rooms and so many members of the Templeton family came out to participate. It was wonderful to see uh, the family support there. The presentation included a, a number of family photos of Anna Templeton as a young woman and many of the people who were in the room um, found themselves as children in those photographs. It was a, it was a very positive experience and, and I think it bodes well for the future of the commemorations program. We'd, we would love to see more community work like that. So without any further ado, I'm going to get right into the story of Dr. Anna Templeton herself, with a few guest voices along the way. The second of eight children, Anna Catherine Templeton was born in St. John's on January 19, 1916. She was the eldest daughter of local businessman Robert A. Templeton and his wife, Agnes. Growing up, Anna Templeton attended Prince of Wales Collegiate. She completed a pre-science diploma at Memorial University College and initially wanted to continue on to a degree in mathematics. In the 1930s, however, 
The only option for a woman with a math degree was to become a math teacher, a job which held little interest for Templeton. Instead, with encouragement from her family, she pursued a bachelor's degree in household science at MacDonald College, now part of McGill University. Fresh out of university, the 22-year-old Templeton returned to Newfoundland and was hired as a field worker with the newly created Jubilee Guilds. The Jubilee Guilds were founded in 1935 by Lady Muriel Anderson, wife of the then Lieutenant Governor, Sir David Murray Anderson. At the time, Newfoundland was in the grip of the Great Depression. The Jubilee Guilds aimed to give rural women the skills to improve their quality of life beyond relying on the limited assistance provided by government. Teaching these skills fell to the field workers, who were expected to travel alone to isolated outports around the island, still a difficult journey in the 1930s and 40s, to start Jubilee Guilds and to teach domestic science and craft work to outport women. It was an unusual job for a young single woman at the time, but Templeton took it on with enthusiasm and determination. The audio clip I'm going to play next was recorded with Anna Templeton herself in 1982. It was recorded here at Memorial University as part of a program about adult education. In it, she talks about the Jubilee Guilds and her early experiences and the types of programs that were involved in the work that she did with the Guilds. I suppose I have to think from the very beginnings of my work. Um, I decide, I remember when I was attending Memorial University, which seems a long time ago now, I was rather keen about mathematics. And I remember talking it over with Dr. Hatcher at the time, that what would I do now if I went on with mathematics? And he said, well, now you'll be able to teach mathematics to women. And I thought, well, what's the point of doing that if all <laughs> they could do is teach mathematics to more women? I think now there would be a different field open. So anyway, I got into home economics and uh, went off and got my degree at McGill. And when I came back to Newfoundland, the Jubilee Guilds had started, and a lot of people will remember my association with that. And they wanted a field worker, so that was what I started to do. What Well, not everybody knows about the um, uh, Jubilee Guilds. I mean, they haven't been around for a while, and some of the younger people certainly wouldn't know what they did. What were the Jubilee Guilds? Well, the Jubilee Guilds were a permanent... Uh, it was a permanent organization that actually was formed in 1936, which was the year Jubilee year of the late King George V. It was an aftermath of the tidal wave, in 1929 because at that time the service league was formed to help the immediate need and after five or six years then they decided to form a permanent organization that would unite the women all over the province and as I say they called it the Jubilee Guilds because it was the Jubilee year of uh, King George V. Now at that time Lady Anderson she was the wife of the governor, and when they left and Lady Walwyn came, she carried on as the first president for the 11 or 12 years that they were here. So I worked very closely with Lady Walwyn during that period, getting the Jubilee Guilds started all over the province. Now, they were modeled after the Women's Institutes of England and of Canada. So uh, after Confederation, we united with the 
Women's Institutes of Canada, the Federated Women's Institutes, and uh, have continued to be part of that organization. In Newfoundland now, they are known as Women's Institutes, but a great many people still remember them as Jubilee Guilds. What kind of activities, Anna, did the Jubilee Guilds and, in latter days, the uh, Women's Institutes get involved in? Well, the original program was sort of laid down. The women were supposed to meet and be friendly and get to know each other and just a reason to get out of the home and meet other people with the same problems that they have. Now, mind you, most of this was in very small places. And I rather felt that just to get together and talk about world problems and social problems and so on, it didn't seem to be what appealed to the practical women of Newfoundland. It was fine for them to get together, but they seemed to want to do something else besides. So that was just great. So we started doing things like cooking and sewing and weaving, which I knew, and... um, We worked out sort of general programs so that wherever the people met pretty well all over the province, they were more or less doing the same programs at the same time. I know in those early days we did a lot of experimental cooking with partridge berries and uh, wrote a book that is still popular. We did some fish cooking and um, distributed recipes. I remember Mr. Smallwood wrote a foreword for one of those books. And then, of course, we did a lot of sewing, and we did uh, weaving, and one of our weaving books is still in in great demand. So a lot of the things that we now think are modern activities have been going on for quite a long time. Well, naturally, because after all, sewing and weaving are are as old as time, aren't they? And they'll be with us always in the future. Templeton considered herself as an average craftswoman at best, who, quote, wouldn't be caught dead at a sewing machine, end quote, preferring to read in her free time. What she did have was a talent for organizing women in outports and adapting the executive board's instructions to the unique circumstances of each community. She encouraged women to expand their horizons and to recognize their potential as skilled craftswomen. Word of her work soon spread. Outport women jumped at the opportunity to come together and develop profitable new skills. More than once, Templeton arrived in a community to find a Jubilee Guild had already been organized by local women in advance of her coming. Anna Templeton traveled from outport to outport for six straight months, with little direction from the Guild's executive board. Returning to St. John's from Notre Dame Bay, a two-day journey via dog sled, boat, snowmobile, train, and taxi, Templeton arrived home at nine o'clock on Christmas Eve morning. Having received no instructions, she promptly recorded to the Jubilee Guild's office and was granted the rest of the day off. Templeton soon found that the practical women of Newfoundland were keen on doing something, not simply talking. They enjoyed knitting and weaving as a hobby, but they were particularly interested in selling their finished craft work to earn extra income for themselves and their families. Templeton heard these outport women, took initiative, and brought some of their textile crafts with her on a return trip to St. John's to see if they were marketable. Selling craft work soon became a vital part of the Jubilee Guild's work, and a shop was opened in downtown St. John's. For many rural women, a Jubilee Guild was a rare opportunity to move beyond the household sphere and build support networks with other women. Templeton's successes had her promoted to the position of organizing secretary for the Jubilee Guilds. 
She continued her field work and also trained other field workers. One hundred guilds were organized across the island during Templeton's tenure as organizing secretary, leading one historian to conclude that, quote, the enthusiasm and efficiency of Miss Templeton was largely responsible for the great successes achieved by the Jubilee guilds in the next decade. Post-Confederation, the Newfoundland and Labrador government began to develop its own rural education programs across the province. Templeton was the ideal candidate for the job. In 1965, she became the supervisor of the Department of Education's Craft Training Division. She oversaw the craft training programs in the new vocational schools, which replaced the training formerly done by the Jubilee Guilds. These craft training programs were the direct predecessors of what is now the Textiles, Craft, and Apparel Design Diploma at the College of the North Atlantic. This program is based at the Anna Templeton Center in downtown St. John's, a public craft education center named in her honor in 1994. Templeton published several craft instruction books during her time at the Department of Education. One of these books, Operation Homespun, is now considered a classic reference for Newfoundland knitting. Many patterns in the book, such as the well-known Newfoundland trigger mitt, were written down and charted for the first time in Templeton's publication. Historically, they had been passed down by outport women through word of mouth. Other patterns, including several of the sweaters, were inspired by then-current fashion and by traditions from around the world. In 1967, Anna Templeton received a Centennial Medal from the Government of Canada for her work. She retired in 1981, but retirement simply meant more time for her many volunteer activities. She served on the Provincial Libraries Board for 18 years, and was one of the first women to be designated as a church elder at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. She also stayed connected with the Jubilee Guilds, now called the Newfoundland and Labrador Women's Institutes, and was a member of the St. John's branch of the NLWI, still known today as the Templeton Branch in recognition of her life's work. By the time of her death, in 1995, Anna Templeton had been awarded lifetime memberships in the NLWI, the Newfoundland Home Economics Association, and the Newfoundland and Labrador Association for Adult Education, as well as an honorary doctorate from Memorial University. She contributed to the creation of the Craft Council of Newfoundland and Labrador and to the Textile Arts Diploma at the College of the North Atlantic. A while back, we had a nephew of Anna Templeton here on the show, Bruce Templeton. Apparently, Anna Templeton was not someone that you could say no to. And in the following clip, Bruce Templeton talks about how her desires had a profound impact on his life. In uh, 1978, uh, my wife and I came back to Newfoundland. We, I'd spent uh, nine years opening 96 stores across Canada and the U.S. We came, the call of Newfoundland brought us back, and I got a famous call from Aunt Anna Templeton. Mm -hmm. uh, Bruce, will you play Santa at the church? So... Now, you didn't say no to Aunt Anna. I've heard that, yes. So I said, I, I went to look. I called her back and said, sorry, Aunt Anna, I, can all, I can't find the suit that merits the role. Um, I can find flannelette and cotton wool. You don't say that to the director of crafts for the province of Newfoundland and <laughs> Labrador. She said, if I make the suit, will you do it? 
So what arrived at our house a month later was velvet and lamb's wool and brass and bells from California, prescription glasses, white leather gauntlets from the RCMP. Santa was absolutely spectacular. Then she called me back, and that was the beginning of my adventure with Santa. Throughout her life, Templeton was modest about her happy involvement with the development of craft and vocational training in the province. She emphasized that the outport women she worked with were developing skills that they would have already had themselves. Despite her humility in this regard, Templeton defied societal expectations of women through her fieldwork and her leadership. All those she met remembered her as a strong-minded, energetic woman who strove tirelessly to inspire others. Today, practitioners of some of the crafts Anna Templeton strove to encourage seem fewer in number, with fewer people having the knowledge of how to make the tools, objects, and crafts of yesteryear. Heritage NL and the Craft Council of Newfoundland and Labrador are concerned about this loss of traditional know-how, and we are working together to compile a list of makers, craft producers, and skills in decline. The Heritage Craft at Risk survey is a joint project of our two organizations, which aims to assess the current viability of traditional heritage crafts in Newfoundland and Labrador, and to identify those crafts which are most at risk of disappearing. The project also aims to create a list of heritage crafts in Newfoundland and Labrador, accompanied by information about each craft and whom may practice it. Our end goal is to encourage further craft work in the province, and we hope Anna Templeton would approve. You can find more information about that project online at heritagecraft.ca. The province's craft industry owes its modern prominence in no small part to the foundations laid down by Dr. Anna Templeton. She stands as a pivotal figure in the story of craftwork in Newfoundland and Labrador, and in the wider social and educational history of the province. We are very pleased and proud to honor her trailblazing spirit and to mark her as the first woman to be recognized under the Exceptional People of the Past category of the Provincial Historic Commemorations Program of Heritage NL. If you have a story or a memory about Anna Templeton, I would love to hear it. One of the Fabulous parts of our commemorations ceremony was hearing the family stories and the personal reminiscences about Anna Templeton. So if you're one of those people who was inspired by uh, Dr. Templeton or if you knew her, let us know. You can certainly get in touch with me, Dale Jarvis, Dale at heritagenl.ca or livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're always looking for interesting people to profile or interesting stories to profile uh, here on Living Heritage, so you can send along those ideas too. Or if there's a topic you simply want to know more about, let us know and we'll see if we can cover that in an upcoming episode. I also want to remind you that the Provincial Historic Commemorations Program is a citizen-driven program that allows for the commemoration of aspects of our history and culture that are of provincial significance, and you can make a nomination. There's no cost to do that. The establishment of a Provincial Historic Commemorations Program allows us to better recognize, honor, and interpret our culture and, and our historic treasures. This program is distinct for its recognition of the intangible aspects of Newfoundland and Labrador's culture and heritage, the customs, cultural practices, traditional skills, and knowledge that define who we are as a province and a people. 
Nominations can fall into the categories of exceptional people from the past, outstanding historic events, unique places, distinctive cultural traditions and practices, or tradition bearers. This year, uh, we were very pleased to have support from the Newfoundland and Labrador Credit Union, which made these uh, awards possible. If you want more information on that, you can certainly send me a, a line and I'll put you in touch with the right people. Or you can simply go to the website, heritagefoundation.ca, uh, heritagenl.ca, or commemorations.ca. There's lots of ways to find us. Or you can just simply Google Provincial Historic Commemorations Program. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening.